Blog Talk Radio. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. Elevate your mind, get yourself together. Elevate your mind, make yourself feel better. To the very special person listening to this broadcast, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Taboo Talk featuring your very own pastor, me, Lady Charmaine Day. Today's show is guaranteed to be full of sensitive, intimate, natural conversations rarely talked about in a Christian community. So now, get ready for your very own spiritual consultation. And guess what? Guest co-hosting on today's show will be Warren Benjamin. Hi, Warren Benjamin. How are you? Great. So, listener Taboo Talk, are you ready to begin? Wonderful. How are you doing, beautiful? I know you are wonderful, incredible, marvelous, and special. Because when I think about you, those are adjectives I would use to describe you. You simply are very, very special. And you bring joy to so many people. You are vital to your job, home, and community. And you make God look great. So let me give you a round of applause for all the things that you do. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much. And keep doing what you're doing because God works through people and he's working through you. I have a few announcements before beginning the show. If you haven't already, please download on to your iPod, iPad, or iPhone or Android phone for free, the Lady Charmaine Day app, and it's available in the Google Play Store or iTunes. And also, please visit my website, www.ladycharmaineday.com, when you have the opportunity, and visit our co-host website, Warren Benjamin, which is wbenjaminconsulting.com. Well, today we are blessed because we are in the presence of someone great. He's coming back on the show to visit us again, and it's none other than Professor Griff. Let me tell you about Professor Griff. Professor Griff is an internationally renowned educator, writer, producer, musician, platinum recording, spoken word artist, lecturer, and founding member of the pioneering and revolutionary hip-hop group Public Enemy. Author of the popular music business guide, Music Business Resource Information Publication, and activist within both the conscious and hip-hop communities. Griff currently stands as a permanent fixture on the international lecture circuit with his riveting and powerful discourse book, The Psychological Covert War on Hip-Hop. Armed with an exemplary life of service and an impressive 20-year musical career, Griff captivates audiences with his universal call for social responsibility within both the hip-hop community and larger culture. Reared in Long Island, New York, and a current resident of Atlanta, Georgia, Griff maintains a coveted role as Minister of Information for Public Enemy and is currently celebrating an unprecedented 60 World Tour and 20th year anniversary with the group. A well-rounded music enthusiast, Griff is also a member of the hip-hop metal band Seven Octave and has created an empowering youth hip-hop curriculum entitled Kid Hop As. Designed to fuse education and entertainment into a positive, intellectual instructional module. Musically, Griff has recorded nine albums with his group Public Enemy. However, he has long distinguished himself as a talented and acclaimed solo artist as well. Mainly while signed to Luke Griff Records, 
Griff wrote, produced, and recorded three powerful and thought-provoking albums. Also in 1998, Griff released Blood of the Prophet on Lethal Records. With his group Confrontation Grant, Griff recorded two albums. With his group Seventh Octave, he recorded the album Seventh Degree, which was released in 2004. Griff holds a Bachelor's of Science degree in education, is a licensed personal security defense instructor, and is an accomplished martial artist. So help me help you by welcoming Professor Griff. Hi, Professor Griff. How are you? Yes, greetings. How are you? Great. How are you, Professor Griff? Thank you, Professor Griff, for appearing on your show. Your Griff's appearance is greatly appreciated. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Anytime. And also, congratulations on being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We are extremely proud of you and Public Enemy on this prestigious award. How did you feel about being inducted? Wow, now that's that's a uh, that's a question that could probably last a whole. Uh, my feelings about it? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think I think I'm still on a high, and um, but um, nonetheless, I don't let the high go to my head. I know and understand it's 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 uh it's one of those things in life that I'm very appreciative uh, for and about, along with the. Uh, Chuck D, Flavor Flav, and uh, Terminator X. But um, we've said from the outstart that it's it's for the people. We do and did what we did, you know, for the people. Uh, We wanted to raise the consciousness level of the entire human family, and that's Mm -hmm. what we set out to do. And if the award speaks to that, then that's absolutely beautiful. And it does. I mean, you definitely spoke to everyone with your music. I'll get back. I appreciate that. Good afternoon, Professor Griff. This is our one. How you doing? Okay, you can hear me, sir? Yes, I can Okay, sir. First, I just want to say one thing. Congratulations on your induction into the Hall of Fame. It was definitely well-deserved. I Still to this day, Rebel Without a Pause is my favorite hip-hop rap song. <laughs> On the planet to the day. I ran it for two weeks after I heard okay. that. So I love it. I love it. It's nothing can touch that song to me. All right. But enough on that. Let me ask you this, Griff. When I heard about y'all getting there, the first thing, and I have, from the last time you were on our show, your book stays in my head. It stays in my mind. It's bigger than hip-hop. It definitely is. And when you said you could use it as a guide, I took it from that, and it's like everything I see here, I don't take it the same way anymore, and it's solely from your book. But I just want to ask you something. Uh I just want to ask you something first. Since being inducted um, into the Hall of Fame, you might have an idea where my head is going with this. Is this a way of, like, maybe those the the people above saying, you know what, y'all guys were the thing. Y'all took it to the stratosphere as far as conscious rap. But we're going to now put y'all and say, hey, you know what? That was an era, a time period. So is it a sense like, okay, we give, we give y'all that, we put y'all in the Hall of Fame, so now that's closure. It's no, it's for the general public, it's not to be expected that conscious rap will ever come again because the ultimate guys who did it, we already done put them in the Hall of Fame. That was just an era in hip-hop. That's something maybe I'm wrong for thinking, sir? Well, absolutely not. Simply because since then we've already released two albums, we've uh, already been back uh, uh, to Europe three times. We did the uh, 
the Kings of the Mic Tour with LL Cool J, Ice Cube, De La Soul, and Chuck Chillout. We're still on the grind. Um, since then, uh, we stepped it up. We, we didn't sit back and started becoming armchair revolutionaries. You know, you, you know, your, your dad or your granddad get that favorite chair in the TV room, yeah. <laughs> and that's where they spend most of their time. <laughs> no, we actually, we, actually we actually stepped the game up um, since then because, like I was just explaining to the sister there, you get an award. That's no, that's no indication that you should sit back and relax. You use that uh-huh. particular platform to reach. Then again, yet another generation. All right. This, okay, this, this, that's this, what we like to hear. This is the YouTube generation. This is the, the Twitter generation. This is that generation that if you're not reaching them using those mediums, uh, like Lady Charmaine is doing now, then you're not going to reach them. So, mm-hmm. of course, we had to step it up. Since then, since we've received the induction, um, we started a new group with our children called the Enemy Sons. Wow. We did a song. We did a song called "Beyond Trayvon," dealing mm. with the Trayvon Martin case. So we stepped, it, we stepped it up. I started writing the psychological covert war on hip hop part two. Um, since uh-huh. then, um, since then, um, I'm putting an audio book together because a brother, grown man, called me crying on the phone. He says, "Griff, I listen to your stuff. I support you. I bought all of your books." And uh, I said, "Well, how do you like the book?" He said, "Well." I can't really tell you that. I said, why not? He says, because I don't know how to read. Mm. So that, that forced me to go in the studio and do the audio book so I could speak to that brother who was 28 years old and don't know how to read. Mm. Beautiful. That's beautiful. So we stepped, we stepped the game up as opposed to sitting back and marveling right. in our uh, being inducted as the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. And we should right. even look yep. at that real close. Why would you induct a hip-hop group into the Rock Hall of Fame. You said it, brother. I didn't. I wasn't going to go there. We ain't got a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what you and a lot of other people were thinking. Like, wait a minute. They're hip-hop artists. Why are they in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's something mm-hmm. you have to pop there and think about. Mm-hmm. He's speaking the truth. We knew you would, Professor Griff. Now, Professor Griff, you brought up Trayvon Martin, and Warren B. has a, a question for you on that. Right. Oh, man, we went heavy so quickly, Lady Charmaine. I, that's tough. But just, all right, Professor um, in general, what's your views and feels about the case in general? Now, not the situation, but the case, the outcome of the case. Well, my thing is a lot of times I don't give how I feel. If I'm not dealing with actual facts, because people can write this next statement off as being, oh, well, that's just the way he feels. Uh, it mm-hmm. could be hot outside. He could not have had breakfast this morning or however Professor Griff feels. I don't really deal with how I feel. Mm-hmm. What it actually is is the fact that um, are black people ever going to get justice in a criminal criminal justice system in America, ever? That's mm-hmm. the question that came to mind. The other question that came to mind is, uh, here I am walking down 125th Street right past Lenox Avenue. There's a brother with a suitcase opened up selling a T-shirt. I stopped to read the T-shirt, and the T-shirt listed every single black man or male that was shot down by police over the last 10 to 15 years. 
The mm. writing was so small. There were so many names on that list. It was ridiculous. Wow. And I asked myself the question, will my two sons end up on that list? Will I end up on that list? Mm. Rip, that's so the one thing I... No, go on. I'm sorry. No, no. when you just brought up your children, that's what I'm, you know, if I'm blessed, I would like to have a family, you know, soon. And I'm thinking about my male son, you know, to be in the questions that I know that we didn't have to think about. You know, these questions now that you're like, wow. And I'll go there with, with this situation with the death where the guy just was just going to get me, for what you know, he was going just to get something to drink and some candy. But let me just ask you this. One thing we do know uh, for Professor Griff is this. The law, do you think the law of stand your ground law, you think that will change from the outcome, based on the outcome of this case, that that law will change? Because you've got a lot of entertainers and a lot of people are saying, hey, you know what, all right, we can't, we can't blame the, the, the jurors or the defense team. All right, the bottom line is the law. Do you think the law will ever be changed? Listen, when you say the law, are you talking about a specific law? And please, when you answer this question, keep in mind, law is only as good as those that enforce the law. There are laws from the books that pertain to civil rights. If white people with their black cohorts do not enforce the law, what good is the law? Mm. I got you. So, I have what law are you talking about? If you're talking about the stand your ground law, right? Yeah, so that's, that's a fuck BS. You don't think that will ever change? They won't change that law. They're not. No, they're not going to change that law because um, it's imperative that they keep laws like that on the books to uh, to give them the justification to shoot black people down. Wow. So you don't. Wait, think wait, 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 listen. But listen. What do you mean by that, Professor Griff? Because that sounds rather insulting. How about you look up the case where the sister, in her own home, defending herself against her husband, who've been, uh, who've been already accused of domestic violence, with a police report on record, went and pulled out a gun and shot at the ceiling and got 20 years. No, you didn't hear what he said. I heard what he said. You speak the truth. Women are tired of getting beat on uh, in these domestic violence cases. So she said enough is enough. She went and got a gun to defend herself back in a corner, shot at the ceiling just to warn him, listen, leave me alone. Police came and arrested her, and now she's doing 20 years. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I heard about that, too. Uh, the the, the, the like- ground law will never work for black people. If we study racism, white supremacy, the whole idea of uh, he was acting suspicious. Hell, we could be a millionaire <laughs> sitting in an office. Man, we act acting suspicious today because they don't view us in that capacity or those roles. Are you following me? Uh-huh. I'm following. Please study. Please study Dr. Bobby E. Wright's work, the psychopathic racist personality. The reason why. Black people only kill black people because we haven't been trained to kill white people. 
I know y'all listen to that shit. Like, wow. Well, no, we heard that. We heard that. We, I, I'm like, I love it that you bring this out on Taboo Talk. I appreciate you keeping it real with us. And, you know, that's why we also wanted to go there with another question for you. On what is your take on today's constitution of what marriage is? Uh, for example, gays having the right to marry. Now you know you don't want to have that conversation with me. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. You know who asked it. Just remember that. <laughs> I, to be honest, Rich, I I got I got to decline. I I don't because I don't want to get my feelings in, in, in involved. You understand? Okay. I wrote it. That's that's fair. I interviewed Umar Abdullah Johnson, and I interviewed Imani, um, pardon me, Imani Bumani Baruti, because he had wrote the book, Homosexuality and the Effeminization of the African Male. And mm-hmm. I said, rather than me speak, I'd rather interview the experts and let them speak from a cultural, historic perspective. It's in my okay. book, Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop. And please understand and respect the fact that I'd rather not speak about that right now. No problem. Yes, we do, Professor Griff. Thank you. Okay, let's go to a more. All right, I have a question for you, Professor Griff. And this is uh, last time you were on the show. One of the, I guess, big, big thing talk of at least New York City was the kids with the pants hanging off their backside. Okay, since then, then it's a new thing. Now it's dresses. Kilts, whatever. Uh, Kanye West tried to get away saying it was a kilt and he for the twelve twelve uh, release of uh, uh, concert. But right away, from just l- reading your book, sir, the first thing I noticed was, well, how come he gets twenty seven minutes, Kanye West, but the mighty Rolling Stones only get two songs? That's just just some. I would have not have thought that if I didn't read your book, sir. And then that's why afterward I was like, yeah, it's because he's rocking the Jets. The Jets, they want to promote like this is the norm. Since then, they got the ASAP Rocky guy from Harlem doing the same thing. Now you got Will Smith and his son doing it. What's your, is, is, do you really think this may be something that parents should have to worry about uh, their sons asking for, you know, school shopping uh, next month? Well, it's, it's funny that you should say that. Um, um and I'm not, throwing, I'm not throwing stones. We, we talked about the feminization of the African male, and we, we talked about uh, it being an agenda uh, more so than a fad, um, simply because when you talk about multiculturalism and you're talking about cultural exchange programs, we never see or hear anyone taking and exchanging in exchange for um, their culture. They don't take our culture. Well, they could ask the question, well, you guys don't have a culture. I said, I beg your pardon? Everything that everyone does across the globe, they borrow from black people. And we mm-hmm. can prove that without a of a doubt. Um, everyone, everyone has their finger on the pulse of black people in America. You let black people uh, create a dance tomorrow like we've done uh, over, the, uh, over, the, over the centuries. You'll find them doing that dance tomorrow night in Japan. <laughs> You're right about that. Europe. Are you following me? Uh-huh. Everyone keeps their finger on the cultural pulse of black people um, in America. But when you talk about these exchange programs, we can go put on the dress and the kilt right, with no underwear on under it. But they will never put on a dashiki and a kufi. They won't, they won't put on an abuba. 
They won't they won't wear they won't wear African beads. They won't put on Adinkra symbols. They won't they won't put on uh the cultural comedic symbols. They won't mm. do these things. They mockingly steal the Kente cloth because they know that the Kente cloth was only worn by royalty in Africa. So they mm-hmm. steal the Kente for mocking us. Um, they, got, they got a group in, in, in Korea right now called the Bubble Sisters. They put on, uh, they paint their faces black and wear black African wigs, and they mock black people. That's not a cultural exchange. Mm. That's the sambo uh, that we see um, during the 40s, 50s, and 60s in America. But even they perverted that because if you look at Eugene Adams' um, DVD and his work called Africans in Asia, You'll find that the Sam and the Bo were black gods. Mm. They just took that and called us Sambos, knowing that they robbed us of a knowledge itself, knowing that we wouldn't make the cultural connection. But thanks mm. to our good brother Tariq Naji, who put out the DDD Hidden Colors 1 and Hidden Colors 2, he revealed that thanks to Eugene Adams, who put out uh, Africans in Asia. They went around the globe and they discovered that every people's origin come from black people. Go to China, you'll see this dark-skinned, uh, nappy-head Chinese, which is us. The mm-hmm. Japanese, which is the same thing. All throughout Asia. Go to Russia. Hell, go to Europe. You'll see original black people there at the beginning of that particular civilization, thanks to the Moors. So this is, this is not a coincidence, but I don't see the cultural exchange. But they do it mockingly. By having mm-hmm. Kanye with these guys put on dresses. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Professor, yes. Right. Well, Professor, because I have another question for you. Do you think uh, rap artists should stop using the N word in rap music? And how do you feel about some people using the word as a term of endearment? Um, black people have been robbed of a language. And mm-hmm. because our, our language stolen from us, we had to learn how to communicate to one another when locked and trying to lock out the slave master and the slave master's children. Mm-hmm. This outcome is so vital in my book, The Psychological Covert War on Hip Hop, that I talk about becoming symbol literate. Can I give you an example using corporate America? Then I'll get back to your question. Please do. When you woke up this morning, right? Yes. You were surrounded by brands, symbols, signs. You may well, how was that, Professor Griff? What bed did you wake up out of? What's the name of the bed? Mm. A Serta mattress? Of course, yeah, that's yeah, a brand. Serta. You stepped right. your feet out the floor and stepped into some house shoes. You probably got them from Payless or Walmart or right around. <laughs> right. You went to your kitchen and you wanted a piece of toast, and you put it in a toaster, right? That's a brand. Right. Mm-hmm. Open your refrigerator, that's a brand. You're surrounded right. by brands. Brush your teeth with a toothbrush, which is a brand. Toothpaste, mm. right? You're surrounded okay. by signs and symbols. All right? Well, what happened to the original signs and symbols? I see a lot of Christians wearing the cross. The cross is not a European Christian symbol. The cross was etched five inches thick deep into the walls of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. It was Napoleon that came and took the cross and held it in the air and said, with this sign we shall conquer. And everywhere, in every land that they took the Bible and the cross, they stuck the cross in the ground and they conquered the people, mm. perverting the cross. 
And then they had the nerve to put the white bloody dude on it, dripping with blood. And then they had the nerve to have us wear it around our neck. Stop that. Mm. The perversion. So when you talk about the N-word, this is not our language. Of course, we're from Nigeria. Of course, we're from these places that begin with the N. But when did the word originate from? Are you following me? Mm. We need to look at the origins of the word. This is not our language. So let's so let's speak to that. If I'm running up on my homeboys and we we cool, we've been cool for 20 years, and he might use the term the N word as a term of endearment. I may understand what he means, but when, when white people are listening to that, they may not they may not understand that. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's certain kind of conversations that we shouldn't even have around white people because when they want to talk, two Irishmen want to lock Professor Grip out of their conversation. They speak their native tongue, right? Right. Right. Jews right. may speak in Yiddish. Um, Italians may speak Italian. Germans will speak in, in German. But when we go to talk to one another, how do we lock them out? We can't because we speak mm. the bastard language called English. Because we don't know any other language because our language was stolen from us. So we have, in hip-hop, we use all of these particular things to learn how to communicate. Uh, with one another, and the N-word just so happens to be one of them. Now, you had a second part to that question. Right. Should I said, how did you feel about people using that as a term of endearment? But but you asked the first part, which is, should we use it? Let me tell you. Yeah, should we use it? If I go to the hood right now after this after this interview, and I need to communicate with the brothers on the corner lighting L's, carrying guns, doing whatever, you damn right I'm going to use the word. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta speak the language of the people in order to raise them from that, to get them to understand that we can speak to one another a little bit better than that. Are you following me? I'm following you. But I gotta speak their language first. Hmm. Right or wrong? I hear you. I hear you. Okay. On that note, Professor Griff, on that what you just said. Now here it is. Now what you just said. That's how I was raised as well. We knew. All right, call it slang, whatever, but we knew I wasn't going to use that same language at a job interview, right? Thank you. But here it is today, um, Professor Griff, like walking down the street, this is your girl. I'm, I've seen it on the, going on the movies. They're on the line. The guy is referring to the girl. My aunt, my aunt, my aunt, my aunt. Now I'm saying to myself, wow, how things have changed. I mean, like, that ain't even sweetie, honey, boo, or nothing. That's like... Uh, that's the part. And I mean, like, the, is that just a fad right there, Professor Glenn? Or right now, is that just ignorance right now? Whereas here it is, a woman does not even recognize that, yo, know, you're just being called, hey, you well have to be called a B. Well, it's, you know, so that, that, no, that's, that's strategic. That's strategy. Racism, white supremacy is fine-tuning itself. If you look at the permission that was given um, by uh, those people that took the oath, uh, Zimmerman got off. If right. you look at if you because racism, racism, white supremacy is fine tuning itself, and you you have to understand that. Now we could say it was done to exacerbate the tensions in the black neighborhood. Well, so was so was allowing black actors and actresses to use the word "b" to one another on the big and small screen. But let me ask uh, Miss Lady Charmaine something. What's yes. wrong with what is wrong with sisters checking other women when it comes to uh, when it comes to that kind of situation? There's no, listen, none of us are beyond reproach. 
Mm. I don't care if I'm Professor Griff, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame artist from the his, uh, rap group Public Enemy. I'm not beyond reproach. You can check me and pull my coat on some things. I'm not beyond that. You can pull me to the side and correct me on some things. That's a beautiful thing. It makes me grow as a man. But when you see, uh, I don't know, Erica Badu, when you see um, these black actors or uh, actresses on, on TV, especially the newer ones, using this kind of language on the big screen out of context, and you're sitting there with your daughter in the movie theater. Of course, you check it right there where it should be checked. But what's wrong with going further and writing a letter on the internet saying, listen, this is what I felt about so-and-so acting in that particular role, whatever. Oh, Professor Griff, I agree with you. I speak out and speak loudly when I don't agree with something and when people are doing something and misrepresenting uh, people in a wrong way. And that's why one of the reasons I was happy for you to come on the show today is because you always give us the truth and speak it clearly and loudly, and I appreciate that. And um, I'm sorry, what? I said give thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, with that in mind, I just wanted to bring your attention to something else and get your um, feeling on it. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the current state of the game of hip hop as it stands right now? That's a good question. Well, the, the, this the state of hip-hop. When you talk about the state of hip-hop, you have nine systems in the body. I don't know if you're talking about the heart of hip-hop or the head. But anyway, hip-hop mm. is on its deathbed and needs not, not resuscitation. The only ones that can bring hip-hop back to life are the ones that initiated in the beginning. Right now you have lawyers and attorneys and, and, uh, and uh, accountants running hip-hop. Uh, we have these people that are made to appear uh, as though they're at the top of their game in hip-hop, and these are the poster boys uh, for hip-hop, i.e. Kanye West, Jay-Z, and a few other people, which mm-hmm. is not the case, simply because if you look at the founding fathers of hip-hop and what they laid out to serve as a base for hip-hop, none of, none of what these particular artists do speaks to hip-hop. You wearing a dress on stage carrying a man purse, talking about bringing bricks through Marcy Projects, and you talking about bagging this chick at the club and all that kind of stuff. What made you think that that's hip-hop? That's not hip-hop. That's foolishness. Uh So we understand these particular dynamics, and we need to recognize, listen, sister, if you had a child, and you haven't seen your child for a few years, once you've seen your child, you think you might recognize your child? No, not that they have gone through all the changes hip-hop is going through. <laughs> Thank you. We gave birth to hip-hop. Someone came along, snatched it from us, kidnapped hip-hop, perverted it, and put it on TV and put it in the movies. And now young whites are imitating this thing that they call hip-hop. But the vibratory frequency, the God frequency is not there. The infrequency is definitely there. Uh-huh. that J represents the infrequency. You know what I mean. Right. You, know, you go from... Living in the projects, just make a stardom in two weeks. Mm. That's done by design. When right. there's artists that I know that'll out rap him, out sing him, out dance him, will never get a deal. And that's the sad part about it. Mm. That is sad. Well, Professor Griff, with that being said, how should hip hop, the true hip hop, be imparted and passed down to the next generation so that they're in touch with the origins? They have to go back. They have to kind of resonate 
You got to resonate with with what the founding fathers laid down. There's nothing wrong with having fun. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with 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 um with this uh, cultural exchange as long as we're the ones that are exchanging the culture, as long as they didn't steal and kidnap the culture and misrepresent it. Can you imagine some of them artists that did go and put on the kilt? They they wore it in the wrong way. No, because those people that were on guard to make sure they represented the culture would not let them wear the kilt kilt in the wrong way. Right. Are you following? I follow. Even in martial arts, you cannot represent those families that kept that bloodline, that kept that information in the family. For example, I studied Hungar, Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Hungar is the name of a family. They're not going to let you pervert those styles and those forms and that tradition. I don't care who you are. If you misrepresent it, they'll come and check you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think on that note, what you just said, did we make a mistake by trusting Russell Simmons very early in the game? We didn't have a choice because uh, after, good answer. That's good answer. At, at the turn, at the turn of it, Russell was instrumental in uh, uh, making sure hip hop was on the map. Right. Of course he's gonna. Of course he's gonna put his stake in it so he can get something out of it. Right. 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 Okay. But but that's a blessing and a curse at the same time. If Grandmaster hmm. Flash did that in reference to what he invented. Which is the mixer? He'd be a billionaire right now. Am I right or wrong? You're right. You're right about that. Radio Shack stole that idea, patented, and locked him out of it. But when we were up in the see the park in the dark, and he came up with this thing and built this thing called the mixer, and white people came along and says, "Wow," and stole the idea like they've always done. He'd be a billionaire right now. Yeah, mm. I agree. Wait, 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 let me finish. So listen, mm-hmm. so now, now that they stole this, these inventions, before we used to carry the big, gigantic um, boombox on our shoulder. Guess what we carry in our pocket connected to some headphones right now? The iPod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same, same thing. Same thing, right? right? We laid the groundwork for it. Not them. That's true. Corporate America hijacked hip hop's inventions. Yes, of course. I can give you five or six of them. Mm. So, what, in your opinion, going back to my question, how do you think hip hop should be imparted for the next generation? Hip hop has to go back and press the reset button, the cultural historical reset button. Just like when you go, um, I've seen the people in the mall. With the little kiosks, I'm sure y'all seen them. They're selling this thing called the Rosetta Stone. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you buy that and you plug that up and you put that in your computer, and you, they take you to the theory and the origin of how that language began, right? Mm-hmm. Right. In order for you to move forward. Well, all that is is the African concept we call Sankofa. And we have a bird to prove that. You standing in the present, in order for you to move forward in the future, you always have to go back and fetch it. Mm. That's our concept. You always have to go back first before you move forward. When you buy the Rosetta Stone and you put it in your computer, this they greet you. Hi, welcome to the Rosetta Stone. Yada yada yada. Whoopie whoopie whoop. You're about to learn the fabulous, wonderful, um, luxurious language of Italian. 
Let's take you back to Sicily and show you where the language began. And yada, yada, yada. Whoop, we, whoop, we, whoop. Right? Right. Well, that's the but same thing with hip-hop. That's the same thing with hip-hop. But see, Griff, you know it's a little deeper than that in a sense like this. We'd have to also resell it. See, at the time, when hip-hop, the origin of hip-hop, people were content, just cannot get on the mic and spit for a minute. That's it, you know? And the people who enjoyed this music was happy to say, hey, hey, I had a great time and ain't nobody pulled out no guns shooting at fences or no fences were sparking. But here today, it's like, how do you get it reset back when now it clearly is a, a brand? It's, it's, it's made to brand other things. Jay-Z now became the epitome of branding for rich people. He's got, no, you know what, I want, don't, don't, don't worry about the little people money. I'm too big for that. Let me get that Alec Rodriguez money. You know what I'm saying? So in his last album, He's spitting things that are rhyming about things only they can afford, not with these young kids, you know, they need that for the Kanye West. So how do we reset hip-hop, like you said, knowing that it carries, you know? Okay, but you're slightly you're slightly off right there. But when you say reset, re meaning to bind back to, like remind, rewind, Remember, putting the member back together. Remember, rewrite, rethink. How about respect? Spec domain view. Respect view again. Right? I got you. I got you. Just to view again. So when you say re anything, you have to go back to the origin. Find back to what? What is the origin of hip hop? The origin of hip-hop came in a genetic code of black people coming from Africa to America. Mm-hmm. We've always played the, hit the drum, the djembe. That became the turntable, the beat. Every every uh, system in the body pulsates at its own rhythm. And you, all you have to see is in sync and in tune with that. We've always danced in festivals, ceremonies, rituals, initiation. Right. These are the four fundamental elements I'm laying out that came in the genetic code of black people. So if you're going to read anything and you got to go back, you got to go back to black people on the continent. And on that, and on that note, Professor Griff, I'm personally saying thank you for taking the time to come out on this show. You have given, you've given up. I really appreciate y'all for real, man, because only shows like this I'm able to get open and be real and up front. You understand what I'm saying? We appreciate exactly. that. And, and Professor I hope Griff. I, was a lot better. I hope I was a lot better than I was last time. This time I, w- I did my homework. <laughs> I really did. I was nervous <laughs> last time, too. <laughs> well, Professor Griff, before we go, I just had a couple last questions for you. Um, okay. Professor Griff, what legacy do you want to leave behind? If you were standing at my gravesite mm-hmm. and you were reflecting, here we go with the re again. You were yes. reflecting on 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 the life of Professor Griff. I would want people to say, here's a man that was unbought. Here's a man that spoke truth to power. Here's a man that he lived by principle. Here's a man that lived by values. Here's a man that lived by a very uh, 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 strict disciplinary code. Here's a man who took African concepts and principles and made them a part of his life and the people around him and the people that he could touch through his voice, through his work, 
through his music. Here lies God having a human experience called grief. Amen. 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 I like that, Professor Griff. That's and Professor Griff, I can say that you're not even dead. You're doing that right now. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. If I had to say anything and that I would want people to remember, I want people to remember that I'm I'm a soul that is I'm in search of souls that are like mine, like mine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know it's kind of deep for people to wrap their brain around right now, but if you look at the fact that my soul connected with your soul, and right. we're pulling this off today. But yes, in order that's to true. do this, we have to be like mine, M I N D, like mine, M I N E. Yes. And such a truth be told, you have opened my eyes. You did, what you just said is that I'm an example of that. That's right. And I try to tell people about it. Like, wait a minute. You do all kinds of comments to people. You get that look sometimes. They're like, they're in denial about it. It's like, listen, I've proven exactly what is correct. But then they'll be like, Oh, I just don't want to believe that about that person. I'd be like, oh, wait a minute. What that person done for you? Because Professor Grimm, your biggest fan, uh, supporter, is Warren Benjamin. He's always talking about your book, quoting your book, okay. enlightening people. <laughs> he 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 loves it. And so we thank you so much for coming on the show. And, Professor Griff, before we go, I just want to give you the opportunity to share with the listening audience how they can get copies of your book uh, and follow you on social media. Okay, well. Of course, I'd like you to call me directly at 678 
talk to you, to encourage you, to enlighten you, to give you some information that you did not have, a perspective from a living legend, uh, a man who's been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has traveled the world over, and has seen things and know things, and he's imparting with you information that is valuable. So take the time out to go on to his website, uh, get his books. Uh, they're full of information, and we'll take you to the next level. And also, Professor Griff is real. He does answer his phone, okay? And if you call him uh, and you have direct questions or you want to reach out and purchase his books, he will definitely um, get in contact with you. So follow up with him. Use his numbers. Uh, use his information. Follow him on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and go on his website for more information. And I want to thank my co-host, Warren Benjamin, Thank you, Charmaine. I had a great time. See, I came out of college and now you're Charmaine to me. But uh, also, it was really, really fun, and also Griff was was amazing. Uh, Professor Griff is always a pleasure to have him. And uh, also, let people know, Charmaine, that hey, you can plug your app, download your app right now, and if you didn't catch the show, you can catch the show anytime you want just by downloading. All right, on your phone, right? You go ahead. You're a little more detailed with that. I will. So what uh, Warren Benjamin, my co-host, was talking about was that if you haven't already, please download for free the Lady Charmaine Day app. It can go on your Android, your iPhone, your iPod, or your iPad, and it's a free gift that's available on iTunes as well as the Google Play Store. And what you can do with that. Um, is you can listen to the Taboo Talk radio show right there from your iPhone, your Android phone, your iPod or iPad. You can send in a prayer request. I will pray for you and pray with you. And you can also uh, watch videos, link into my Facebook page, and all information. And, and most of all, you can uh, rewind the show anytime you want to. Remember the word read, read, read. Everything read, okay? And you can listen to the show over and over again. Yes, and if you haven't already, please uh, join my Facebook fan page, which is Lady Charmaine Day on Facebook. Again, my Facebook fan page is Lady Charmaine Day. I give words of wisdom every day, uh, information about upcoming shows. Uh, and so you can look out for when Professor Griff is going to come back and enlighten us some more, as well as future guests who are positive and full of information. And also you can see when our wonderful co-host, Warren Benjamin, will come back on the show to give us more good questions for the guests. And so I just want to thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Um, and um, I thank you for tuning in, uh, for being a part of the listening audience. I do this because what you do is incredible. You are loving, giving, nurturing, uplifting, and you are so positive. And that's why Professor Griff, that's why Warren Benjamin, that's why people take time out to come on the show, because you're incredible, and they want to support you and give you the right information. So continue to tune in. I'm going to continue to bring you people who will uplift you and guide you to the next level, because you are phenomenal, and you make God look great. Well, until next time, take care, stay good, and goodbye.